We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at FFKyleKid. For those of you who don't know, this is the show every week I bring to you clips from the previous week in Rotoviz podcasting, showing off some of the best we have to offer here at Rotoviz. Before we get into the clips this week, I want to remind you that if you want a 30% discount for your Rotoviz sub, make sure you do so by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. That's a 30% discount on over a thousand articles per year. Dozens of apps all designed to help you take down those tournaments and win your fantasy football championships. With that being said, let's get into our first clip. This clip is from the Road of His Report where Blair Andrews and Hassan Rahim have a different guest on each week to break down the past week in NFL news and notes. This clip, they're talking about the Detroit Lions wide receiver situation and what we learned last week. Have a listen. Sean, uh, we got our first look at the Lions' offense without Golden Tate, and it wasn't pretty. Uh, Stafford took a career-high 10 sacks in this game. He lost a fumble on a very, you know, bad play. Do you expect this offense to bounce back next week? That's tough to say. I mean, Tate was definitely a catalyst for this offense. What he can do after the catch is almost unrivaled across the league. But they still do have a lot of talent on the team. I mean, Marvin Jones is not the most consistent receiver, but he's got a lot of talent and seeing good things from Galladay. Theo Riddick isn't, you know, most explosive player, but he's solid and he's back now. Um, Today was rough for Stafford with all those sacks, but it was definitely the 
offensive line's worst day of the season by far, and hopefully we can just chalk this up to, to Neil Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Sheldon Richardson just balling out all on the same day. Um, I'd definitely be worried about Stafford. You know, it, this is... <laughs> This season has been a bit of a step back, but um, I still think you can count on him in good matchups. And um, even in some negative game script, he he can throw 50 passes and get a few touchdowns. So he, he's still a streaming type in a one quarterback league and a solid option and super flex or two QB. Yeah, I guess it's possible that, you know, Tate was actually uh kind of masking the problems that this offensive line might have had just with his ability to you know convert on short targets and kind of run routes close to the line where you can you know Stafford can get the ball out quickly um that's kind of uh narrative I don't know how you know whether that's true but I mean just the stark difference between you know what the Lions were doing earlier in the season and what we saw today uh, just makes me think they're, you know, maybe they're missing Golden Tate more than they thought. I mean, yeah, Riddick with eight targets, I guess they're maybe trying to replace some of what Tate does with, with Riddick. But um, I think the biggest disappointment for me today was that Galladay only got four targets. Uh, do you think the volume we saw from him earlier in the season is kind of, um, should we not expect that anymore? I mean, the last uh, three games, I think he's been, you know, I can't even remember, like two targets in one game, one target in another game or something. So it's been uh, pretty disappointing just from a volume standpoint. Is that um, something we should expect more of going forward, or do you think he'll get back to the volume we saw earlier? Um, I, I mean, there's definitely a clear path to those targets with Tate out, but like you said, it's disappointing that it didn't happen on day one with him gone. Um, I think something like, six to seven targets as a baseline isn't what owners are hoping for, but um, if he can be around there every week and get a few bunched in with 10, um, maybe some days Marvin Jones is a clear target leader, some days Galladay is, but I think that's how this offense has been. Over the last couple of years, um, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones have ended up with similar raw target totals over the years um but on any given day one of them can be featured over the other and that's what we might be seeing from marvin jones and kenny galladay going forward I just wanted to highlight the volume discrepancy we're seeing in Detroit right now. Hopping over to airyards.com, looking at the distribution of targets and air yards in Detroit. At the top now with Golden Tate gone, we have Marvin Jones seeing 37% of the team's air yards and 19% of the team's targets to Galladay's 27 and 16% respectively. Then in week nine, this distribution was more true than ever with Marvin Jones seeing 43% of the team's air yards, 22% of the team's targets to Galladay's 31% of the team's air yards and 11% of the targets. They made it very clear that Marvin Jones is their number one receiver throughout the year, and that held up in the first game without Golden Tate. Going forward, I think you have to see it very much as a first and second receiver, not so much a 1A or a 1B even. And I still think Galladay is probably the more talented player, but it may be until 
next year that we see him truly emerge. Moving on, a player we thought that we would have to wait till next year to see truly emerge, Tevin Coleman will be one of the biggest dynasty value movers in the coming offseason. Here's Eric Bertzlov and Nathan Powell with guest Jake Anderson on to talk about Tevin Coleman. Coleman's going to be paid as a top six, top seven running back uh, in the worst case scenario. And then his, his nice value, it's kind of hard to envision it skyrocketing because it's already like, you know, you know, building crescendo towards that. Where, where, where is it? I'll stop you there, Nathan. Where is the value right now for Tevin? I'm actually kind of interested. I, I don't, I don't think anyone is selling for less than an early first. An early first. Yeah. I, I, I think that selling him for a mid first is, it doesn't make much sense. I feel like his value is right around the mid first area, but I mean, I, I can't disagree with you, but I think, I don't know that, I don't know that Twitter is caught up yet or your league mates have caught up yet. Well, they should. <laughs> uh, all right, Jake, what are your takes on Tevin and his pending free agency? Yeah, I mean, Tevin Coleman is an extremely explosive guy in space. Uh, you know, his, his highlight tape is extremely impressive. He's, he lacks two traits that I am obsessed with, with running backs and it's, uh, vision and contact balance, and he he really doesn't show those. I don't think he's ever going to be a one A in a backfield. I think the hype surrounding him is that he's going to be a, a you know bell cow type of back. Whoever signs him next year, and I just I don't see that. I, I like the player. I just I think I'm lower than the consensus is. So I'd be looking at opportunities to sell high. And if this is the week where you own him, maybe float out offers. But again, I think you're. You know, you're risking a little bit of upside on this offseason that I think this offseason, regardless of where he goes to, his value is going to increase because people like new situations, new toys. And uh, but, yeah, he's he's a guy that I would be looking to sell um, when the value is the highest. Uh, let me ask you, if you're selling what type of player deal and I'll put you on the spot here, Jake, what kind of player deal are you kind of looking for? Or looks enticing to you if you're a Tevin owner or maybe you are and you're like trying to shop him right now. Maybe a James Connor type trade. Oh, that'd be. I would. I would give uh, a first. Um, I would trade Tevin Coleman and a first for. Oh, James Jake, Conner. stop that! Do not oh, no. easily. James no, Connor's a top twenty dynasty startup so asset bad. right now. That's so bad. James Connor's a top Jake, twenty. We get along so well. That's, oh my god. Tevin, Tevin Coleman, Coleman is, and a first. Okay, I'm, I, I do think that's a bit nuts. I think that's a bit on that. But but that's. It's not crazy, but but Coleman could end up being what a top thirty-five player in dynasty. So adding a first to it's probably in the ballpark. Right? Well, the thing, well, the difference there is, I, I from my perspective, James Conner is going to be deservedly so in that top twenty. Tevin Coleman is a guy that's probably going to be in that top thirty-six, top three rounds, probably next offseason. I don't think his value is there now. Would I trade Tevin Coleman in an early first for James Conner? Probably not. Would I trade a late first in Tevin Coleman for James Conner? Absolutely, because I believe in the talent. I'll take that deal all day because I think people are still, just like Nathan here, are a little bit down on James Conner, maybe not believing that he's I'm, – I'm not down. I'm, 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 I'm undowning on James Conner. I think he's a very good NFL player. I think undowning? I think, maybe I, think, you're I think he's a top 10 dynasty running back. I don't think he's worth Tevin Coleman in a first-round rookie pick. Okay, let me – here, let me just throw out some names and let me ask a question on – if you're making trade offers for De- for Tevin, and I and I think selling him here, I, I think I, I'm completely on board with you, Jake. I think that this is the peak of his range of outcomes is being the bell cow in Atlanta in an explosive offense while Freeman is hurt. This is the time to sell. So, would you be doing Coleman for Michelle? Which side would you want? I'd want Michelle there. 
Let's do well. Let's let's just ask the question: Coleman or Freeman? That was the Dynasty Tradecast. And before we get into the next clip, I want to remind you that you can support this show by going to patreon.com forward slash Radio. Subbing to our Patreon gives you access to the community of listeners and hosts we've got going on over there. Great conversations about fantasy football, DFS, all that good stuff going on at the Patreon. As well as subbing gives you access to the Rotovis Live Show every Sunday morning. You can get your final start sit and DFS advice, all while interacting with some of the awesome hosts we have here at the Rotovis Radio. Again, patreon.com forward slash Rotovis Radio. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Our next clip comes to you courtesy of Rotovis Overtime, and they are talking about what else but the Julio Jones touchdown. It was the touchdown heard around the world, and that's all I have to say about it. Here's the clip. But we obviously have Julio Jones who found the end zone for the first time in uh, seems like about 200 games at this point, but uh, he has uh, had a, a really good season in terms of yards, in terms of catches, but it has been uh, the downfall in terms of his touchdowns and obviously getting in the end zone it was it was cool to see uh, pretty much the whole offense and the whole team went to celebrate with them down in the end zone uh, one of the best athletes i think uh, this side of calvin johnson uh, in the nfl one of the prototype i guess you'd say as a, a wide receiver number one in the nfl so 12 games between touchdowns at 1300 yards since the last time he had a touchdown so it's pretty crazy and we've, we've talked about the offensive play calling and how that could improve but I have to say that uh, you know with Matt Ryan, this was his 19th touchdown pass of the season, uh, and Julio's first. But Calvin Ridley has uh, seven touchdowns on the year, and I have to say I've been very impressed with Ridley too. Uh, I'm sure you have been as well. Found the end zone again this past week, but uh, Julio, uh, you know it was it had to happen at some stage, and I still think that we're likely to see him finish with you know five to six touchdowns on the year over these last uh, kind of half of a season. Uh, were you happy to see Julio find that end zone? I was, and like you said, I mean, you you're never going to see a star receiver in a game that is essentially a blowout uh, act that happy and relieved to score a fourth quarter touchdown, except in this situation. And so, it was great to see him score. You could tell it was a huge weight off of his shoulders. And frankly, for fantasy owners, it's very very nice to see too. I I think we had talked about this uh, at draft time that one of my zero running back teams in the main event uh, started with julio jones and keenan allen and both of those guys had big games this week pushed that team a little closer in terms of total points the you know they've had good seasons again but it it is difficult even with jones now getting to 20 points a game which is 
you know, a phenomenal, almost impossible accomplishment when you never score touchdowns. But both of those guys, they, they've been fantastic, but the touchdowns are important. We, we saw again this week with Keenan Allen that Tyrell Williams scores, Mike Williams scores, and Allen does all of his work between the 20s. Melvin Gordon scores. So yeah, I, I think certainly there's relief for the players. There'd be some more relief for fantasy owners if that duo would would have a fast second half finish and, and like you said, get up there at five or six touchdowns. Yeah, and it's just uh, you know, I like I, I'm a big Keenan Allen fan, but Julio is somebody who I just I like as a just to watch as a player. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter for fantasy points unless you're maybe a running back owner of Tevin Coleman, but like Julio as a as a very good blocker from the wide receiver position, it's always good to see that, and it's good to see too. Like certain you hear about the diva wide receivers and. They don't get, uh, you know, their their teammates crowding them the way that Julio did after that touchdown. So one of the most talented players in the league, and uh, I think we'll see him find the end zone as time moves forward here. The other player you mentioned having a similar kind of season, and that is Keenan Allen, and he didn't get in the end zone again, as you mentioned. But when you look at uh, what he did this week, he actually had, I think it was a 32 or 35-yard end around. So, you know, he's never been known as the most athletic player in the NFL, but uh, they're getting him involved in all different sorts of ways. So it's good that he's getting that usage. If they can just start to push him into the end zone, that'll be fantastic. To put a little more emphasis on how good Julio Jones and Keenan Allen have been despite not scoring many touchdowns, one for both of them, I went to the road of his screener and pulled up the fantasy points over expectation per attempt. On 30 attempts or more, the two guys we have at the top, Tyrell Williams and Calvin Ridley, not awfully surprising. Tyrell Williams has five touchdowns on just 30 targets. Calvin Ridley has seven on 44. Scoring that many times on such few targets will naturally put you up there. But then moving down, you find Julio Jones and Keenan Allen both later, but still positive fantasy points over what we'd expect them to have, meaning that despite their lack of scoring, they've both been still efficient players. And that gives me hope that the random variants of scoring will bounce back in their favor, at least regress to a reasonable number of touchdowns for the end of the year. Julio Jones seems so obvious, maybe that's because I'm on fantasy football Twitter, but as many of you are, Julio Jones is an obvious buy, and for that reason, he's almost not a buy just because everyone knows how good he is. Keenan Allen, on the other hand, has been disappointing, and it's going a bit under the radar how well he has done. It's really just been a lack of touchdowns. His numbers are very similar to what he's done last year. Slightly less volume and yardage, but overall very similar. It's just been an extreme lack of scoring. Keenan Allen is a guy I can definitely see myself buying into. Final clip of the week comes to you courtesy of Laying the Points, where Anthony Amico and Matt LaMarca break down the betting lines of every single game. One that I'm having problems with this week is the Bengals versus Saints, so I'm having them on to talk about it. Here it is. Saints at Bengals. Saints favored by five and a half points on the road, coming off a really impressive home victory against the Rams. Total is at 54 Uh, This is a pretty interesting game this week, Matt. I mean, we have no A.J. Green for the Bengals. Uh, Saints not in the Dome. Uh, So what do you think of this spot? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how the Saints have become, like, almost undervalued on the road because there's this narrative that they're a superior home team. But that has not really been the case for the last two or three seasons. Um, And you're seeing a ton of public and sharp money alike coming in on the Saints. Uh, the spread has op- uh, gotten to six in certain places, despite opening up at four and a half. Uh, I want to side with the Saints here. The one thing that concerns me is that the sports books were absolutely bludgeoned last week by the public. You know, I think the public went eleven and zero against the sports book prior to Tennessee covering on Monday night. 
So it feels like this would be a dangerous week to be on a public team. So that's my big concern, but I do think that the Saints are the correct side here. Uh, and if you do like them, I would get them now because it seems like this number is just going to continue to rise. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately this is probably a stay away for me in terms of the line. Like, I, I'm not really positive. I love the Saints at the new number. I mean, I think at four where it opened, I would have really liked that. Uh, but five and a half, I, I just think it's probably too much for me. Um, the A.J. Green injury is significant, but it is worth mentioning that Tyler Boyd has been fantastic this year. Uh, the Saints really aren't going to have an answer for him. Um, and I, I actually imagine that this game will be lower scoring. So I think that if I'm going to take a side here, it's going to be on the under in this game. Uh, I am typically an overs guy. You know that. So under is pretty hard for me to take. But I really think that this is a spot where uh, New Orleans is living on the ground. Uh, Cincinnati has really struggled against running backs this year, really struggled uh, on defense against the run. And, and I think on the road uh, is where we'll see Sean Payton kind of dial up the run game more than at home where like the you know, breeze is feeding off the crowd and they're in the dome and all that stuff. Like I, I think that's like to me, the dome narrative has a lot more to do with scoring uh, than it has to do with like the Saints being a good or bad team. So I, I kind of like the under here. Uh, I'm not really sure I see uh, oodles of points in this matchup. Falcons at Browns, we've got a 50.5 point total here. Atlanta coming off a big win against Washington, favored by four and a half on the road. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, I think the Falcons are probably a little bit overvalued right now coming off of that win against Washington. Uh, you know, we both really like the Redskins in that game, and the Falcons pretty much throttled them from the jump. Uh, and, and Washington is that type of team that once they get down early, they don't really have the firepower to keep up. So the question is, is, is this game versus the Browns going to go the same way? And, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think I like the Brown side here. I mean, I've basically been on the Browns all year, so that shouldn't be overly surprising, but, uh, I think that the Browns might be getting just a couple too many points, uh, I thought they played better last week with Hugh Jackson now gone. I mean, asking them to contend with the Kansas City Chiefs is a really, really tough thing to do. When looking at the Vegas lines, this was a game that was clearly going to be a target for a lot of DFS players, but then now knowing that A.J. Green indeed won't play really makes me bring into question this over-under, and like Anthony, like Matt, I think the under has a lot of value to it in the sense that if A.J. Green is providing a lot of value to this offense and they can't move, then the Saints aren't forced to also keep up in terms of scoring. You could very much see the Saints ground game take over. My, my hope is that with A.J. Green out, a guy like John Ross steps up. A.J. Green's average depth of target 12.6 actually is more closely aligned with John Ross, who has an average depth of target of 15.4 than it even is with Tyler Boyd at just 8.7 depth of target. Hopefully we can see that Tyler Boyd takes more of the underneath routes while John Ross provides that deep threat that AJ Green has been doing this year. And looking at AJ Green's racer based on depth of target, the conversion of his air yards to actual yards, he was right around league average until about 15 yards where he's really excelled this year. That's somewhere where we would expect John Ross to excel. So hopefully they can patchwork together enough of the AJ Green role in this offense to 
fuel this line to hit the over, but that is definitely in question now. That is going to do it for this week's Rotoviz Radio Weekly Recap. I'm your host. Follow me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. Thanks for tuning in. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Validate 29 to 92 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.